All right, welcome back to this edition of Dirt World. Joe Dirt and Billy the Kid. Take it away, Joe. And once again, welcome back to Dirt World, our installment for August 27, 2008. With BTK, I am J.D. That's Joe Dirt. And uh, with us on the line right now, the young man out of Watertown, New York, and uh, currently at his shop. Of course, that's the Sweeteners Plus shop. Driver of the number 39 and the 2006 World of Outlaws Late Models champion, 2006 Chili Bowl champion. I could go on and on. Joining us on the line right now, Tim McCready. Tim, thank you for spending some uh, time with us tonight, buddy. Oh, uh, No problem. Thanks for having me. Really a pleasure to have you on. And last week, of course, we had you scheduled for last Wednesday. Uh, torrential rains with uh, Tropical Storm Faye moving through central Florida uh, flooded the old racetrack out there. We just didn't feel it was necessary to do the program. But uh, uh, at the end of the night, we're certainly glad you're with us. Tim, you know, what can we say here? Your career just continues to develop in uh, such a positive manner. Um, i got to be honest, personally, a couple of years ago when you, when you wrapped up that championship and you decided to go to the Richard Childress development uh, deal, I was disappointed. So you can imagine how happy I am that you're back on the dirt. But understanding what you got to do in your career, talk about that whole experience, man. Well, it was a good experience. It's just, uh, you know, I really firm believer that uh, you, get what you, you get what you put in, and I think you build things off a resume, and it's just like the, you know, American dream, no matter what you're doing in business, racing, or any type of thing, you're supposed to be able to put out what you got and, and get hired because of that, and unfortunately, I think the higher ends of racing lately have uh, taken a turn for the worse, it's more of uh, how much have you got behind you, more of what have you got, you know, in your soul or in your abilities to do the job, and that's just the way it is, I can't sit here and complain, I had a good shot with Richard, it's not over with all the way through, but it hasn't worked out the way I'd like it, and you know, I, I'm a competitor, and, and I want to win, and but I also want to be able to, to play the game. And then if you can't get out there and, and show what you got, how, how can you how can you get further and, and, and get up the, up the ladder? So I'm back doing what I, I know how to do, where you you get you get somewhere off of winning and off of talent and off of working hard. And if that constitutes another chance to do something a little bit bigger, hopefully the next time they'll have a little more faith and a little more patience. And I know I can do it. It's just a matter of you know being able to have a the tools. If you can't get access to the tools, it's hard to ever do a job. Boy, that is that is so true. And of course, you were looked at simply because of your accomplishments and what you were able to achieve before you went to that development program. Tim, in your experience with the, with the whole situation there, how much of this is really age generated? Do they really look at drivers that are perhaps even younger than you and, and feel that there's a little more of a future there? Well, I mean, I think there's a. It's it's hard to say. I mean, I don't want to sound like sour grace, but I, I think a lot of the younger ideas, what they come up with, it's a lot easier to pay somebody a, a small contract of money when they're 18. Because most parents, if they can get their kids signed for a, a development deal at thirty, forty thousand dollars a year base salary, they're going to be happy parents. Because most kids at 18 ain't going to make that kind of money. So, a guy like me or Steve Kinzer or somebody along that type of Scott Bloomquist, you know, Shannon Babb, whoever we kind of demand a little bit more capital for a base salary, so I think it's just a natural trend of a of a cup team or a smaller team or whatever to assign a kid really young, and if he makes out, everybody's happy. If he makes millions, the team makes millions, the next thing you know, everybody's happy. If you sign that kid at, say, four or $500,000 a year base salary and he don't work out even though he's so talented and he's won all these races, then maybe you need to look at your race team. Right now they can do this deal with these younger kids, and if things don't work out well, he's a young kid with no experience. We need cup experience, or we need a an NASCAR guy in our car. I just think it's a real safe haven, and, and that's fine. That's that's what it is. But 
I don't think Richard looked at age when he looked at me. I think he looked at wins, and I think he looked at talent. And unfortunately, sometimes the way the thing's been built up by the the higher ends of the media and, and the corporate deal, the television exposure, maybe that's not what everybody else is sponsor wise is looking for at the time. I really don't know. I just know one thing: I go out and give it a hundred and ten or hundred hundred twenty or whatever your percentage you want to put on it. That's as hard as I can do it, and hopefully things fall into place after that. Well, you know, speaking of falling into place you, you, you're back in the dirt car where you seem to be the most comfortable a lot of people don't understand that you've been racing for around 14 years or so and, and not only i mean they don't they don't they don't realize that this late model is not the first dirt car you drove you know you raced a big block you've been successful in that and when you went to the late model ranks a lot of people i know were sitting back going man look at this kid and they were just you know my question to you and this is what i'm leading up to with the, all the background experience you have it can't make you upset to realize that you're just going to fall back to it and, and like you like you never missed a beat. Yeah, I mean, it's exciting. I think uh, I, I've run a couple of pavement races this year that are smaller scale that we've been successful. I, I run second a couple of times with some pavement modified stuff, and it's a, it's a blast. But it's all, just dirt racing is all about having support just like the upper ends of racing. And if you get an owner that, wants to support you and he's putting his neck out on the line when it comes to sponsoring the car or owning the car or whatnot he don't give up on you in five or six races and that's the biggest issue down there there's a lot more pressure to perform because it's not a team that's spending two three hundred grand anymore it's a team that's spending millions and millions of dollars in a in a corporate board that's going to sit back and say man you know why are we wasting our money with x amount of millions of dollars when we can put it towards just straight advertising on who knows what TV show on a Saturday night, you know. So it's there's probably a little bit of ratchet up pressure, but I am very comfortable doing what I do in dirt racing. But I'm fortunate that I got an owner in Carl Myers and Ann Myers that, you know, they just don't give up if things go bad for three or four races. They right. they know we got to put the time in and get better. Right. You know, people are talking about this. I know it's been two weeks ago, and they're talking about the topless 100 at Baseball Arkansas. You know, I I I know that. Everybody's going to talk about it. Maybe your biggest win, but man, I tell you what, it's hard to get over that Chili Bowl win too. Now, come on. Oh, I hear you. It's uh, it's probably my biggest late model win because there's been a knock on, on our whole team at Sweeteners that there's been a knock on me personally as far as oh, you know, I'm really good on heavy tracks with a huge cushion and things like that. I just think I said it today. A guy was at the shop today, and we got to talking. Late model cars right now, the way I remember the modifieds when I grew up in the mid '80s. There's so many things you can do with these cars where the Modifieds are kind of everybody's in the same chassis with the same setups, and it's more like an IROC race up there. So there's just so much stuff you can do to a late model right now. You can't learn it all in three years. So, I mean, I just think we're at the, the process of our team where we've tested a bunch and redesigned some things in our rocket car, and next thing you know, we're in, we're competitive and in the shot of winning these big races now. Right. You know, there was a thing at the beginning of the year where you were going to race a little bit with Francis with the 39 Valvoline car for Francis. Is that still going down, or...? No, it was more of, a, and I, I really appreciate Steve for doing what he did. He didn't have to give me a chance to run any races at all. And, and I, at the time, I thought that we were going to race the, the Bush stuff for 20-plus races. That was the plan, and everything was going in that direction. And, and my owner, Carl, was going to kind of pull back his late-model stuff to a one-car team because he didn't feel good just sitting on the sidelines all last year and me not never telling him when we could race. The biggest problem was I didn't know when I was going to race the pavement stuff. It was always last minute and always was... About a week and a half, they'd say, okay, you're going to go to Memphis or you're going to go to ORP or whatever it was. And uh, So he felt bad, and, and Steve come on board and said, hey, uh, I got my own equipment. 
I like to see you run. I know you're a good friend of mine. I like how you drive, and you're going to keep some of my sponsors happy and my manufacturers. And and that's kind of how it all went about. And then as things changed this year at Sweeteners and we started getting back into it, I told him, well, you know, my owner's not too keen on me driving your car and some of these bigger shows. And Steve was a gentleman. He's like, hey, this was always a, you know, a one-shot deal, a four- or five-race deal. And if it worked out for both of us, it was great. If it wasn't going to work out for both of us, then we'd pull back. And that's kind of what we've done. So... But I appreciate him doing what he did because I know for me to be in his equipment, it takes money out of his pocket one way or another. Right. I just wasn't for sure. and I know that you guys had some stuff scheduled up, and I know the World 100 was supposed to be one of the races, wasn't it, coming up in a couple of weeks. But it's glad to see you back in the Sweeteners Plus car, man, and, and I'm sure that Steve understands. But you feel you are the most comfortable when you're in that car and the people that are around you. You know, people don't understand, but we've seen it. I mean, we we went, we've spent some time together. You were, we do the, you know, the show on Monday. You were actually in studio with us, and, and just from talking, I mean, you you're comfortable with the people that you're around. Most definitely, you know. Most definitely. Yeah, it's it's really easy to fall into a you know a comfort zone. Oh, everybody. I mean, it's just that's what's so good about what we do on dirt racing. The smaller in the guys, and it's not trying to learn. You know, a hundred people's names. I'm learning three names, and then I get to know them and grow up with them. And Coco. It always makes it easy to race with them, that's for sure. Folks, we're talking to the 2008 Topless 100 winner, and he is checking in with us tonight. Of course, Tim McCready on the line with us here on Dirt World. And if you've got a question for Tim, I'm sure we've got just a couple of more minutes before he gets back to uh, thrashing, <clears throat> excuse me, thrashing on that entry. But uh, email us, folks, at dirtworldshow at yahoo.com. Once again, simple. Dirt World Show at Yahoo.com if you've got a question for Tim. You know, uh, Tim, when we were talking a few uh, months ago on the phone, you were you were saying that you might get back into the big block a little bit. Is that still, you still running some big block shows or yes or no? Or uh, Right now we haven't really run any. It, we're talking about Syracuse a little bit, and as of right now it just it doesn't make a lot of sense because we can't, I guess I don't know if I'm being selfish or what it is, but I, I want to put this program together right. I don't want to just be there for the fact that oh, I've done it before, and 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 I, right now the program has been tailored towards the Syracuse cars, and I don't really have any. And I've talked to other teams, but here you go again with the same ideas. These owners, you know, God love them that they support us, but boy, they're awful. Uh, they want to keep them, keep you in their stuff. You know, they don't, they don't want to let you just stray away and do other things. So I had to weigh a lot of things. Like, yeah, was it great that I could drive for another owner at Syracuse? But what's it going to do to my total program? Because, you know, one race against 50 and making a lot of money in my entire salary, sometimes you got to just, you know, step back. And I think I'm going to step back from Syracuse and not do it. I, I might, I guess some other things that are happening, you know, there's a midget race out in Granite City that I've looked at. I, maybe I'll go out and run that because it's the same weekend for 15 grand to win or something. I'm interested. I like running everything. Like I said, I got to run a pavement modified a couple times this year. And hopefully we can do some pavement midget racing at the end of the year around, you know, thanksgiving time and i just like running the race cars and it's cool that that owners let me do that and carl lets me do that with other things just don't interfere with his program tim you talk about uh, carl and ann and their commitment to you and just what a great relationship that has been over the years uh i mean they've really just taken to you and the relationship has grown into something so strong nonetheless sponsorship uh, always very important uh, i noticed on your website you guys are looking for perhaps some sponsorship for 2009 is that just something that's always up there you're always entertaining that or is that perhaps something that uh, Carl and Ann would, you know, just want to kind of add some more sponsorship to this race car? Yeah, that's it's a little bit of combination. I mean, there's other things I've looked at. I, I've really, 
since this, the deal with the down south didn't really work out the way I would like it, I've kind of looked at a lot of the numbers, and I, I mean, if I just can't believe that you can't do things on your own anymore if you work hard enough, I'm not saying you're going to go down there and beat a Hendrix or beat a Richard Childress, but, boy, I would think top 15 or top 10 in a bush car, if you've got the equipment right and you put the right people in place and you get the sponsorship, I don't see how you couldn't do it on your own because there's still people out there that want to work hard to do this. There's people out there that don't want to have Hendrick come and take their motor out of their car for them because they're on a lease deal. They don't, you know what I mean? It's just, yeah. and that's kind of what that sponsorship deal is more around about is if we could kind of, you know, get some deals together and Carl would come on board and maybe look at doing a few bush races, maybe five, six, seven bush races with some testing and do it right. And I've talked to enough people in the know as far as the, the industry. It can be done. It's just, you know, nobody can have their hands out. You can't have guys that want to get paid a hundred grand to go run eight races as far as crew members. You got to put a core people together, kind of like what the eleven team did this year. They've had some success with, with the you know, the guys running them cars, and it's because they got eleven guys that want to win. It's not the eleven guys are getting paid two hundred grand a year. So I mean, we've looked at it. That's kind of what that sponsorship deal is all about. Okay, good. And, and of course, talking about the Sweeteners Plus, are they still helping out old, old Vic from up there in New York? Oh, yeah, Vic's, Vic's still on board. Vic's definitely, uh, he's their son, so he's going to be, you know, he's their heart and soul, and he uh, he definitely, he runs the shop, and he, he's made he's made the jump to late models full-time, and he's had his ups and downs, but he's done, and he's a competitor, so he don't realize how hard it is to do what he's done and jump on that outlaw tour and to make races and get some top tens and a couple of top fives. He's done a lot better than he thinks he has, yeah. but also that's what's going to drive him to get better down the road. But he, he's doing great, just like he always is. And that's a guy, boy, you see him at Volusia. This is, you know, an opportunity we get to see with Charlotte and, of course, uh, Volusia in February. Oh, oh Vic, can, he can get that thing done. But uh, you upstate New Yorkers, I mean, Billy Deckert, Tim Fuller, Vic Coffey, yourself, you guys have really made quite a quite a mark in, in uh, short track motorsports, uh, and you guys really got to be happy with that. We got to come up with a nickname for you guys up there. No, I don't know about that. I mean, we've, I think, believe it or not, everybody you've mentioned has learned from, from my dad and, and guys like my dad and Jack Johnson, and those guys are the ones that learned it. It's just like anything, and, and maybe it's a pipe dream, but we've all firmly believed that it's never going to be that bad forever, and if you just will your way and you beat it and you work hard and you keep working, things are going to turn because, I mean, we've all got talent. Everybody's talented at what they do, and it, there's a select few that want to go, I think, the extra mile, and Dirt Racing really shows that. The guys like Bloomquist and Dale McDowell, and, you know, the guys you see, are they're going the extra mile and doing the things that you never see, whether it's testing or redesigning things or, or whatever it is, and, and, and I believe that that's what it takes to win, and I learned from it that. And speaking of that, I'm sorry, Billy, before we would be remiss if we didn't ask how Barefoot's doing. How is the old man? That's what I was going to ask. <laughs> he's doing real good. He, he, uh, it's been two years since he's been in that motorcycle accident. He's still hurt. I mean, he, he's never going to heal up, and he's probably not going to race ever again. But he's got a guy that he goes to the races with for some uh, modified races here at Asnay up north, and he's helped him a bunch, and we've talked. I'm, I might run a small block race up in uh, Drummond, Quebec here in, in a few weeks in September. There's some things that are on the horizon, and if we ever do the late model deal or ever do the pavement deal, he's going to be full force right behind it because he's been down that road with all that pavement stuff, and he's been around the block. And the guys that are down there in higher up positions are guys that were looking for him for advice 20 years ago. So it's kind of neat to know that I got a guy with that knowledge that I can lean on because I've been leaning on him for 20 years of my well, 30 years of my life, and 
you know, like you say, 12 years of, of races. So it's pretty cool. Him and my mother, I'd, I'd never traded for anything. What was cool was uh, winning that uh, World of Outlaws championship. They were crowning you at Volusia Speedway Park, and you got on the phone to Dad. And, uh, man, it was just so exciting to be part of that victory lane celebration. But the first call you made was your dad. It was awesome. Yeah, it's amazing. I, I'm fortunate. I, not a lot of people get to uh, eat dinner with their hero every night. And, and I'm not lying when I say that's uh there's there's a lot of things I wanted to be, whether it was a hockey player or whatever, but I really wanted to be Bob McCready, and, I, and I'm fortunate. I'm never going to get there because he's ten times the driver I ever was, but I, I'm happy to be able to say that I could run with him and I could you know do him proud. And like I said, I was fortunate to be around my hero my whole life. And he is indeed proud of you. Well, I'll tell you what, Tim McCready, uh, we are certainly proud of you down here in the South, and uh, I just can't thank you enough for taking time out of your night to be with us. Just a wonderful interview, and uh, it was really a pleasure having you on Dirt World tonight, buddy. Uh, I appreciate you guys anytime. You know that. Uh, if you ever need anything, just fill some time. When you got nobody there, I'll be there. <laughs> All right. Tim McCready, ladies and gentlemen, uh, joining us here on Dirt World. Tim, we'll see you in February. Thanks, man. Good luck. Definitely. Thanks, guys. All right, yes, buddy. Well, if they developed anything with Richard Childers, it was certainly his interview skills. Well, I, I Excellent could, interview. I can tell you he's always been a great interview, and, and to be honest with you, Tim McCready is a good race car There's driver. No doubt. And, 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 I, and I think he, he went around saying that, yeah, I think a lot of it has to do with funds, but you know, he didn't, he, he didn't have a bad race in the, asphalt, in the asphalt deal. When he ran the Bush car, he, was, he, he kept the noses on it. He kept the fenders on I it. He took it as if, well, the way I, what I got out of this was... Perhaps him not getting the shots that other yes. people were getting within the same program. Thank you. Is that correct? Yes. I mean, and, he, and he's got his head on straight. I mean, he's oh, already yeah. talking. If I, you know, very, he, you very, think about it for him to stand there and say that you could take eleven guys that want to do it and go down there and do it and have to pay two hundred thousand, you could do it. And I and I think yes. he can do it with the people yeah. he has behind him. And and like you said, all the people in New York. You know, yeah. all the guys, they all got together. This, this oh, yeah. would be huge. The Adirondack Assassins is what I'm going to start calling them. Or Empire. You, know, you say that when he hangs up. I wasn't going to say yeah. it when he's on the line. Because yeah. I'll, I'll make the money on the T-shirts on that. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, I'll put Decker, Fuller. I'll put Vic Coffee, Tim McCready. I'll put them all on there. I'll go the ahead. Empire or Adirondack Assassins. Either way. Well, speaking of T-shirts, we've still got a, a box full of Ocala and Volusia Speedway's T-shirts. Uh, simply put, all you have to do is email us at dirtworld at Yahoo. No, I'm sorry, dirtworldshow. And I've been saying that at yeah. yahoo.com. Dirt World Show at yahoo.com, that's D-I-R-T-W-O-R-L-D-S-H-O-W at Y-A-H-O-O dot C-O-M. Like, uh, what else can I do? Hey, Matt, you may not have to have the caps on or something. Maybe they got, I maybe. But, I don't know. You know, talking to Tim McCready, I mean, that was a huge win for the, at the topless for him. But a lot of people don't realize that he did win the Chili Bowl a few years ago, but we've talked to him a lot. We've had him on our Monday night show. We've partied with him. Yeah. Come on. We've had him laid out there, dude. But you, you look at, that's what I'm saying, you look at the wins, and he wins the, the topless, and then next, last Wednesday he second. finished second to yeah. Jimmy Owens at yeah. Bulls Gap. And They're hot. Speaking of Jimmy Owens, we're going to have him when we come back from this break. Absolutely. All right, folks, it's about five minutes, make it six minutes after 8 o'clock when we come back. It is the new Fortnite Mayor Award, the O Show, driver that Lundquist chassis number 20. Out of Newport, Tennessee, we'll be right back with more Dirt Work.